Ken Hickman from the Penn State All Sports Museum. Ken, always a pleasure. Great to have you back. Yeah, and you know, same here. So, you know, it's, it's certainly always always a good time talking with you. Yeah, uh, at least we're doing it when the Phillies are playing so well. I mean, I would not I mean uh, a, I, a month ago I wouldn't I, have wanted to talk to you. Well, you, you know, let's, you know, you have to talk yourself back, you know, from the window ledge, you know, you know every, every now and then. But yeah, <laughs> God, they're playing great. They've won. Yeah, they won Uh-oh. four out. Well, now Washington, four out of five. But I mean, it's like, hey, it, babe, look, hey, it's like, but, yeah, but yeah, it's like taking you, you took four out of five from the Pirates. Like, who oh, okay. cares? Oh, look, it's you know, you, you know, you have to beat the bad teams as well as the good, and that's not something they they've always had the habit of right. doing. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know the uh, the front the front part of the season reminded me of the old days. You know, say in the late '90s, where they'd go sweep the juggernaut Braves, then come home and yeah, you know, lose to some team that was 20 games under 500. So yeah, <laughs> you know, the irony of uh, talking about the latest exhibit is that last night out of nowhere, I I popped in the movie Battle of the Bulge. Henry, Ooh, that's uh, going back. That's I what uh, well, Henry Fonda. H- Henry Fonda, Danny Andrews, Robert Ryan, yep. Robert Shaw, right? And uh, yep. watch that. Well, this, you know, which then leads us to your World War II exhibit. Uh, you had to put a lot of research in on World War One just because of the century of it. Was sure. it a little bit easier to do World War Two versus World War One because um, better documentation, time frame, not as great as a hundred? Uh, it what was interesting was it actually worked out to be the opposite. Okay. Um, you know, we had a little you know, some work the alumni association had done, you know, uh, back around 1920 gave us kind of a head start on that World War One project. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you know, for this, you know, for this, we really didn't have that kind of launch pad to go from. We had to go back, you know, and run. You know, all of our letter winner lists against you know uh, pension records, you know, to try to track down the you know, 1,200 plus you know, men and women you know, that we identified. True. Were there, I'm going to assume there were more Penn Staters in World War II than one, right? Oh, by 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 yeah. a, a wide wide margin. Yeah. You know, and you know, you're talking about watching Battle of the Bulge last night. Um, you know, we had a whole, you know, whole, you know, whole bit, you know, uh, contingent, you know, who, who took part in that. Uh, you know, we had a former wrestler, Claire Hess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was 101st Airborne? You know, he was there at Bestone, you know, you know, through that whole siege in the snow. Um, and, you know, and we actually had you know former student athletes who were with Patton's Army that you know you know came in and relieved that siege too. Yeah, yeah Third Army, which swept up from the uh, from the south of France, right? Uh, that made such a big difference. What about those who participated in D-Day? I mean, because I mean that is, I mean, I think what. Um, the U.S. I think lost four thousand on that day, something it, like that. Uh, it's you know, it, you know, and you know, again, you know, we had you know what we found with this project is um, we had former former student athletes in every corner of the world, every theater, yeah. uh, every branch of, of the armed services, Iwo, every major yeah. engagement. Iwo you know, from, Jima, Okinawa, Okinawa Guadalcanal, uh, yeah. you name it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know we had one fellow you know uh, who, who came to Penn State through a Marine program during the war, but was in the Marines beforehand. And he was at Pearl Harbor. He was in the garrison on Midway. Um, you know, you know uh, landed on Guadalcanal. You know, and, you know, then came to Penn State. You know, you know to go through a uh, officer's training program. Um, 
you know, we had two former student athletes, you know, who were in the Philippines when the Philippines fell, they both survived the Bataan death March. Mm. Um, you know, one of the two survived the war. The other was, you know, actually drowned when his POW transport was sunk by American aircraft. Mm. Um, it's and they really were everywhere, you know. And then that that you know that includes D-Day, you know, a couple coming ashore, you know, on on Utah Beach you know, with the Fourth you know, Infantry, uh, one one on Omaha, and you know, a whole slew of guys in the Airborne as well. Yeah, yeah. My mother had uh, two cousins that were captured in the war. One was captured by the Nazis, and one was one was in the Bataan Death March. Oof. Obviously, they both survived. Um, yep. The one that was captured by the Nazis would reluctantly, but would talk about the experience. It was not sure. good, but it wasn't good, but he would talk about it. Mm-hmm. The one in the Bataan Death March would never talk about it. He no. never would. He wouldn't even utter the words. I, we're, we're very, very fortunate that um, the fellow who you know, died right before the end of the war, you know, who survived Bataan, mm-hmm. um, was able to keep a typewritten journal you know, at the prisoner camp in uh, Cabanatuan. And when he was shipped out, they knew, he knew the Japanese would take it from him. So he wrote a cover sheet that said, you know, this is my diary. I am, you know, this is my mother's address. If anybody finds this, please send it back to her in Carmichael's, Pennsylvania. And somebody did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have this great first person story of all of his time in the camp. Yeah, and you know whether it was dealing with the guards or whatever diseases might be going around, you, know, you have the opportunity to read his words. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you know they were somewhat aware that the prisoner transports, because the Japanese didn't mark, you know, you know these ships as carrying POWs. They were somewhat aware that they were being sunk by American ships and aircraft, and he actually wrote in the last entry of his diary. I hope we are not sunk by our own ships. Right. What about in Penn State football during World War II kept playing? Yep. And uh, and 42, 43, 44, because the 41 season ended before mm-hmm. uh, Japan right. uh, bombed Pearl Harbor. And in 45, um, VJ Day was, you know, yep. I mean, they, they, signed, they signed on September 2nd, I think it was. So 42, 43, 44, Penn State ended up winning 17 games during that span, was never mm-hmm. under 500. In your examination, what kind of shell of a, of a program was Penn State? What kind of shell of a program happened to be the opponents they were playing because of the war? Yeah, you know what? It's, you know, that sport, I think, was somewhat fortunate. I, you know, we, we tried to maintain a full program, full athletic program, um, and we did up through 1943, and we had to put a number of sports on hiatus in 44. Um, yeah. But what really allowed um, things like football, baseball, basketball, you know, to continue was the fact that the Navy Marine Corps guys who were here on an accelerated you know, degree program, because you know, with the Navy, you know, if you if you're going to get commissioned, you have to have a college degree. And yeah. The Navy had established you know, this V-12 program at a number of schools, and those guys were allowed to participate in varsity athletics. Right. And that's really what kept the engine running you know, you know, during the war years, was that we could tap into you know, this pool of men 
you know, were you know if you were here for it could be a couple months, it could be a year and a half. Um, you know, our last uh, five sport letter winner, Tubby Crawford, you know, was a Marine Corps V12, mm-hmm. and football was one of his sports. You know, along with I think hockey, soccer. I can count on my hand here: football, hockey, soccer. I think lacrosse and boxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, in nine months, you know, in his case. Right. Um, yeah. But being able to have those guys come in, you know, some of whom had prior playing experience at other schools, um, really let, you know, really let us keep playing, you know, and your know, schedules were, you know, were contracted a little bit. You know, you probably weren't going to travel right. you know, as far and wide as you might just, you know, uh, due to travel limitations, but they were able to keep it going. All right. You know, and as you said, you know, have some success while doing it. Yeah. Uh, now, post-war, Notre Dame, for example, was under Frank Leahy was incredibly dominant uh, and deep because post-war, a lot of student-athletes came back and were allowed to resume their play. Right. And they were able to, you know, some people said some of the better scrimmages were the ones between the first and second teams, but but Penn State, <laughs> I can't believe that. But Penn State went twenty-one, three and two in forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight, including the right. Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. which, by the way, coincides with the last three seasons. Bob Higgins was the head coach. Yep. Did Penn State benefit from those coming back from the war? Oh, I, I you know, I, I would say ab, you know, ab, absolutely. Um, you know, it was a mix of. Uh, former players coming back, as well as um, guys who, you know, for whom college might not have been in the cards if it wasn't for the GI Bill, you know, you know, you know, co- you know coming back from overseas, and you know, these are, you know, to, you know, to quote, to or paraphrase, I guess, you know, uh, Lou Prado, you know, like these, these were not boys; these were men. Right. Exactly. That's exactly um, they were old. They, they were older. They were more mature. They, you know, they had seen the world, you know, for good and for bad, um, and you know, they had been, you know, physically trained for two, three, four years by the military, and you know, they were definitely re- ready to go. And you know, you, know, you just laid out, you know, the records, and you know, that you know, those numbers attest to it. So, what are the highlights of this new exhibit? Well, uh, you know, it's. I think you know, we've unearthed you know, a whole host of you know, Hollywood level stories, and that's not to downplay, you know, all the guys who had much more typical experiences because they were all contributing, you know, in meaningful ways you know, wherever they were. You know, but you know, some of some of the bigger stories, you know, we have. Um, a fellow who, uh, Frank Leeson, who was in the uh, OSS, you know, so the forerunner of the CIA, um, and he was running around China you know, with a detachment, you know, blowing up more or less everything they could find. Um, later had a, mo- a uh, fictionalized account of his exploits, was made into a movie with Jimmy Stewart playing him. I mean, you know, hard, you know, it's, you know, it, it's hard to get better than having Jimmy Stewart play you. Yes. <laughs> you know? Indiana, Pennsylvania uh, zone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, you know, we have one story, one of our, uh, women's recreation association athletes, uh, Emma Jane Foster, you know, grew up right here in state college. You know, her dad's, uh, medical office was, uh, down by where alpha fire company is mm-hmm. today. 
she was she was a one of the two female nurses who went to China with the Flying Tigers. You know, her and her late husband were married you know, by Claire Chennault in China. You know, and her husband you know, unfortunately was killed uh, you know, before they came home. Um, but you know, you know, her story is just fascinating, and it's not just a Penn State story; it's a state college story. Yeah, this is you know, literally you know, the girl growing up down on the corner. You know, who you know, went you know, went out and saw the world. Um, you know, we have a uh, bomber pilot who you know, was uh, shot down o- uh, over Austria. Ended up, in, you know, we we always talk about like you run into Penn Staters in the strangest places. But you know, in this case, uh, he ends up in a POW camp in Germany, and one of his pledge brothers, you know, from Beta Sigma Rho, is in the next hut, you know, next door. Uh, the first American officer they see when they're liberated is a guy who pledged Beta Sig a year after them. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, in the midst of the greatest conflict in human history, you have three Penn State fraternity brothers running into each other, <laughs> you know, in Bavaria. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds of that? It yeah. just—it's—it's it's remarkable. And we we have a whole a whole list of you know stories you know like that you know that. Yeah, we're you know, certainly looking forward to sharing with everyone, you know, over the next three years. And uh, what are a couple of other, other items that uh, excite you about not just this exhibit, but other exhibits you have in there right now? Ah, sure. It's, I mean, you know, th- you know, this one in particular is you know, the largest special exhibition you know, that we've done to date. Yes. And, you know, it's really providing already an opportunity you know, to partner with groups across campus, you know, here in town. We've already been doing some things with the Military Museum, you know, out in Bowlesburg. Um, you know, our programming staff is, you know, gearing up now for related things around Arts Fest, you know, and uh, around football season in the fall. You know, and, you know, you know while we're Moving through all this, you know, we're also doing research. We'll have a new exhibit next year on the Women's Recreation Association, which was the forerunner yeah. uh, to women's varsity sports. You know, it's you know, we're kind of you know, we're hitting a big anniversary moment here yeah, between the 50th anniversary of Title IX, yep. you know, 60th anniversary of women's sports at Penn State. You know, so it's you know, I think it's a great it's a great time to bring you know the stories of that organization forward and it's you know kind of let people know that women's varsity sports didn't just materialize out of nothing right <laughs> you know, in 1964 that we really had had a deep tradition in place you know that when the time came and the support was there to, to take things varsity um, you know that we could just you know turn things up a notch and not have to build it from whole cloth Ken, always a pleasure, and the All Sports Museum, of course, on campus uh, tours as well. Uh, it's, uh, opportunity for that coming up. Yep, yep. We'll have stadium tours you know, going on you know, all through Arts Fest weekend. Um, tickets for those can be had through the Penn State Ticket Office, uh, and you know, you know, we're looking forward to welcoming you know, folks you know, all summer and uh, into the fall. It's great to have everybody back. Ken, thank you so much. Absolutely is. Yeah, isn't it? I appreciate it, Steve. Ken, great talking to you as always, my friend. Let's uh, get together soon. Sounds good.